Welcome to Simple Conversations, the podcast that connects humanity and helps us all learn new perspectives to living a full life. My name is Inshira Addo. Ghana and South Africa has enjoyed a great relationship right from the times of the fight to end apartheid to football rivalry in 1996 when South Africa beat Ghana on their way to winning the African Cup of Nations. And of course, in 2010, when Ghana became the shining light for uh, African dominance in the World Cup. But the relationships have spanned many decades and generations. And in this time where the world is united in our fight to end COVID-19, I'm joined by friends in South Africa who are currently under lockdown and we will learn their own perspectives over this period where the world is grappling to get a hold of the medicine virus we all have come to know as COVID-19. Uh, my name is Robert. I'm an African child. My dad was Malawian. My mom was Zimbabwean. Oh, my mom is still Zimbabwean, but she's a South African citizen now. But I prefer um, identifying myself as a Malawian because my dad was a Malawian. Even though I was born born here in South Africa, I spent my entire life here. Uh, I work for Imperial, the logistics company, uh, one of the biggest in South Africa. And um, I also do some side hustles as well. Um, I'm very big into Airbnb. My full name is Cornelius. My surname is Miluli. Um, I'm South African. Uh, those that know me very well call me Connie. I'm, a, I'm an accountant by profession. I work for a development funding institution in South Africa, which is um, a state-owned entity. Um, we, we are all living in very interesting times, especially now, which I believe everybody is... Um, a shoulder on the wheel to uh, try and make sure that we fight this. It's not just a country problem, but it is a global uh, problem, which um, I believe as Africa, we actually have done uh, pretty well, you know, to show the world that we, we can also stand our own and we can also have a, a significant contribution to, to try and solve uh, this, this issue. Hi guys, um, I'm Shelly Mulabo, a quantity surveyor by profession, a bit of an African scholar, but I think I need to, to get back to that full time. Um, that's what I do as well. And I also teach maths and science to students who have not made it outside of matric. Um, avid reader, I'm actually writing a book uh, documenting my experience as an African expatriate. So that's what keeps me um, quite busy these days, apart from working from home as well. So that's me in a nutshell. I used to be a Ghanaian born, but now I'm fully back as a South African. I'm working in insurance, so I sell insurance for a living. Uh, and now I live in Cote d'Ivoire. And uh, I've run away from the corona in Ivory Coast. I thought it would be another happy in South Africa if I catch it at all. Uh, and obviously working from home which is a trap. You work longer than expected. Hi, I'm Yolanda, uh, a South African, Ama, that's my Ghanaian name. And I used to be, to head up uh, Vodafone Ghana. I have since moved on to MTN. And now I look after digital and fintech. 
in in MTN for for the entire. Thing. You are very welcome to uh, Simple Conversations. Uh, this is a um, chat about life and everything that makes us human and connect us. And at the moment, we're all very connected by this uh, rather unfortunate phenomenon called COVID-19. Uh, we've been on lockdown for a while. Well, mm -hmm. as they say, sub-Saharan African country first to uh, gain independence. We're also the first to uh, lift the lockdown. So uh, we currently have some freedom of movement. You, on the other hand, uh, don't have the freedom of movement. How does that impact, or how has that impacted on your lives? I want to start with you, Cheryl. I think I think I'm just suffering from cabin fever. I never, I think, I never imagined that having freedom of movement matters this much. You know, just um, until it was taken away. Uh, I also have a, a side business, a flower business, and, and not being able to do that as well. It's just, yeah, it's not the nicest thing. I mean, cash has stopped, you know, so economically, you're also feeling the brunt. Um, even for like claims, additional claims for work, you know, we're not getting that benefit because we're not driving around anywhere or flying around anyway. Um, but I think the, the the social part of it as well, just seeing friends and family, I mean, I really didn't think it was a big thing until now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be with family, but man, I miss I miss my friends. I would rather that we, we, we sat like this at a restaurant or, or somewhere else, unlike virtually like this. So yeah, I mean, I've gotten a lot of time to, to actually do the things that I couldn't do. I'm doing an online course even. You just try and, and be quite um, active with your time and, and yeah, that's what we do, I guess. Robert, your work um, with Airbnb is a digital business, and uh, which means you don't really need to interact with people and face them. How has the lockdown impacted your work? Yeah, so, so the lockdown has had a, a negative impact, really, to give you a short answer, uh, Inshira. Uh, even though you don't interact with, uh, with the people, um, these people need to book through the platform. Um, and, 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 and that demand gets generated by people having the freedom to move. So if people are on lockdown, they don't know when they'll be able to move, they are not active on the platform inquiring about spaces to book and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. so, so, so the interaction is digital. Um, it's not personal, you know. Yes, you do get from time to time customers who want to see you because, you know, they think you, you're beautiful or you're handsome. But the most of the interaction happens on the, <laughs> on, the, on the platform. So if people are not, there's no demand for traveling, there's no interaction on the platform as well. So it's, it's really been very quiet and it's been very slow. And the ones that we had already, that had already booked, the interactions we are having is them requesting to cancel <laughs> or to shift their booking days to a later stage when the lockdown has been, uh, has been um, uplifted. Ace, you're an insurance man. Yeah. Um, you spent some time in Ghana before moving to Cote d'Ivoire. What has it been like for a man who's worked across the continent and traveled the world, having to go back home? How was the lockdown experience for you? Um, so there's two, there's, two, there's two things to it. There's the work context and then there's the personal context. I think I'm more comfortable and I'm happier that I decided to leave. So the decision to move was like made on the same day. 
and I left that mode. I left that afternoon. Mm. Uh, and looking at what has happened since, and people that have tried to leave after I left, they've basically been stuck, and which is which is good for me. I'm happy to be with family. I'm happy to be in a family environment. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for me was if I get sick, I don't want to be stuck with a doctor who's speaking French and not even understanding what he's explaining to me. Um, and the first thing I did was to go for a test just to be comfortable, to make sure that uh, I'm on the clear. Uh, I think though, how it has changed my work life is um, I'm now more at home than before. Uh, since moving to Ivory Coast, I've been traveling almost every week in the region. Uh, and, and I realized how much I needed the break from a traveling point of view. But also it made me realize that things don't need me to be on the ground. Uh, you can rely a lot more with your own staff members. Uh, and then the use of technology has made it very easy because then I touch base with the team almost every day. Uh, I would, I'm having the same meetings I would have had physically on a daily basis, be it with the sales teams, be it with management, be with anyone. I interact on a daily basis. And, and what has made it easy for me as well is whatever that I do in one country, I just replicate in other countries instead of reinventing the wheel. Uh, so it's shorter in the sense that if I do something, I do it once and it's implemented across. Um, but I sometimes feel bad because it looks as if I've run away and I expect the guys to still meet the numbers that they're supposed to meet. And it's no, it's no lockdown in all the three countries that I work in. Uh, it's a curfew after nine. So people still go to work and they do what they need to be done. It hasn't affected my numbers, surprisingly. Uh, so March, I even did better in March than I did in the previous months. Uh, April, it's lower in terms of performance, but it's still about plan. And, and for me, it's always been, my numbers don't come from daily interactions or from people performing. My numbers come from above. And that's what I tell myself, that I pray for my numbers. And, and that's what has been happening. So, but I am getting tired of being stuck. I feel like I need to be out there and interacting with my people. Uh, and, and I'm also, one of the things I'm worried about is how do I maintain the momentum for longer than now? And what would that mean uh, to reactivate the sales guys and, and the business? But it's been okay, honestly. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a welcomed, it's a welcomed uh, break. But now I need to get out there. And I'm hoping I'll be back on the, in the skies for holidays at least, if not for work. <laughs> that's interesting. You know, the guy's thinking about holidays even before he mentioned work, but that's okay. Uh, the world is good. <laughs> it's okay to discover it. Now, Yolanda, you have transitioned from your work as CEO of Vodafone here in Ghana. You went back home, then you've moved to MTN from Vodacom. And, you know, a move such as that is usually heralded by a lot of expectations. And then you have COVID-19. How, how are you dealing with this curveball? Uh, to be honest, it's been difficult. Uh, so as MTN, we took a decision at the end of January that we will not be traveling. So we actually had a, a, um, a global leadership conference that was meant to take place in Cote d'Ivoire in the first week of February. We actually canceled it because uh, we just thought at that stage we're increasing the risk to our people. So 
I, literally, I mean, I joined in the middle of January, got, got in just to actually just put my feet under the table and I thought, I'm gonna do this, these roadshows, go around, meet people, understand what's happening in the markets, in all, uh, all in one market, and then come back and just say, okay, this is what I think, right? And uh, yeah, COVID definitely got in the way. So I actually have done none of those trips as a result. Um, so I'm relying solely on digital um, in order to deliver everything that I need to do. Um, at the end of, I think, February, I did a video to everybody, just basically just introducing myself officially to, to everybody and basically say I'm here. However, we've got challenges that are there. Um, we're going to have to do it in a way that is, is that makes sense for the context that we're in. And basically, that's what I've really done, is literally, um, I've had lots and lots of calls with different markets, actually understanding what's going on in the market, getting a sense of the people behind the numbers as well, and actually understanding what's going on on the ground, how are you able to actually um, impact what's going on there, and things like that. So it's been a lot harder. I mean, I must be honest, it's, um, it's it, it, to start a new position where you are solely relying on, on digital, when you've got so many markets, that would, and some of them are not even familiar to me. Um, it's really, really difficult, it really is. I can imagine so. The whole face-to-face -face meetings you would have with people <clears throat> is taking away now. How has that impacted on the way work has started for you? Has it been a bit of a, how much of a shock has it been? So I think more than a shock, it has been, it actually has forced me to actually think differently about a lot of stuff, right? It's forced me to think that, for example, um, in, instead of actually doing the whole rounds and whatever and saying, how do I get familiar with everything, is actually choosing pockets where I think impact can be felt rather than actually doing that, the whole sort of big kind of around the country in a bus with the team and all that is basically choosing areas of impact and basically being very selective in those areas and then how I actually am dealing with, with that specifically. So for example, I chose an area around, um, let, let's pick one, Ayoba. Ayoba is our digital platform, our instant messaging platform, where basically we've mapped out that actually we don't want this to just be an instant messaging platform, but we want to be the super app of Africa. And just by actually mapping that out and then doing the roadshows across with everybody actually gives you more impetus than trying to be, than actually covering the whole kind of geography just with everything, you know. So that just gives you a sense of some of the stuff that I've done. So now I'm jumping on to Connie. Connie, Cornelius, uh, so when you say Connie in Ghana, it's, uh, it's, it's usually um, a female um, you know, I, I, I have, and I have to confess, I have had this impression that every time I read and I see Connie, I'm like, okay, that's a female. Just for, just for the Ghanaian audience sake, when I say Connie, I'm talking to a man, it's not uh, a female. So, uh, <laughs> Connie, <laughs> you, you work for a development uh, uh, fund, and uh, in all of this, period of lockdown across the globe, governments are busy looking for creative and innovative ways to ensure that the 
businesses that drive the economy are giving a certain level of cushioning. And in my very ill-informed opinion, it won't fix 100% of the problems. How are you personally coping with the lockdown and professionally, what have you got to deal with? And I'm glad, you know, in this global in this global world that uh, we are introducing uh, the Ghanaian people to a Kony that is a man. And uh, that talks to the South Africans being very inclusive. Uh, we, we really don't mind to use names and words interchangeably, you know, between, between sexes and between different things. But yeah, um, as you... As you pointed out, um, the governments around the world um, are trying to to do various things to try and um, rev up uh, the economies or at least keep certain um, industries alive, you know, because uh, as you can imagine, uh, different industries are taking a big pounding from from this uh, uh, pandemic. We are a small... Um, call it a company that is state-owned that also has received some funds from the government to try and assist mainly black businesses in South Africa. So when our company was set up um, back in the days, it was uh, set up uh, with a specific mandate to uplift and assist black businesses with the understanding that the industries, most of the industries were at the time not as transformed as uh, where we would like them to be. We still have um, a long way to go. So the the funds that were allocated to us now with COVID-19 still come with a specific uh, instruction, you know, to say, assist those black uh, businesses that are struggling. And we go, even though we try and go across the board, but at the moment we are specifically looking at uh, companies that are in uh, uh, essential, essential pro- that, that are uh, producing essential products and essential services to assist in the alleviation of, of this pandemic. How COVID-19 has impacted me personally, I think it has introduced um, a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things on a day-to-day basis. We are, I mean, I've been working now for well over um, 18 years. Um, We are so used to waking up in the morning and going to the office. We are so used to interacting with people. We are so used to um, working in teams, but physical teams, you know, you always... You always have somebody that you could ask something or somebody that is referring something to you uh, so that you come up with a, a united way of, 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 doing, of doing things. Now, we, this has given us uh, an opportunity of thinking about ways to do things differently. Differently in, sometimes I feel like it's in a more progressive and more, uh, a better way. And I'll give you an example. Um, when when an application or deals come through, sometimes we take longer to do them 
when we're working in the office because there's a lot of meetings that we have. There's a lot of going back and forth between us and the clients and uh, what we call due diligence in our space. Um, that takes very long. Um, that, uh, I mean, uh, long as in sometimes the due diligence could take between three weeks to, to four weeks to even three months, depending on how big the project is. But now um, I have managed to close a deal in the shortest time ever. I mean, uh, within seven days, the deal was approved. We, we are even dispersing the funds to, to the client. And the reason why, because it's essential services. We need the staff in South Africa as in immediately. So there is no time to waste. You have to be literally working 24 hours a day to make sure that things are done and things are done as correctly as you can, given the, the circumstances that you one, one is working under. So it has given me an opportunity to think about things differently, to do things differently. And I believe it's probably going to be, we are all going to face a different future call it that. Even post-COVID-19, things are never going to be the same. And I think we are already uh, getting to a point where we are wiring our minds to, to thinking about post-COVID, you know, to say, what is it that we can take from our experience now that we can even use post-COVID? Um, uh, so it has affected me in that way. That's a positive way. The negative way is I am a social being. I love people. I love seeing people. I love to be out there. The fact that I don't have that uh, uh, every now and again comes back to me and it does haunt me. And it's probably one of the, one of the reasons why um, I find myself sitting at three o'clock in the morning, still working because I'm missing the outdoor life. Yolanda, you're a people's person. Um, <laughs> Being locked down at home means that you only have access to your immediate family. And uh, how has that affected you as a person? Are you complete and in control mentally, emotionally, all of that? So I, I think, I mean, for some weird reason, when I started, uh, especially in that first week, I actually suffered quite a bit with actually seeing people interacting with people, but not really, just my brain knowing that I'm not around people. So I had this cognitive dissonance that actually just, I, I didn't know what it was, just mentally, I knew that there was something off, but I couldn't actually put it into words. And, and slowly that actually sort of died out and I got used to sort of this new way of working permanently, right? I always used to do video calls. I mean, it's nothing new, but doing it every day, from like half past seven, 8 a.m. till about half past seven, 8 p.m. every day, it actually was starting to, to feel sort of, there was something just in my brain that wasn't settling. So I've gotten over that cognitive dissonance, which has helped me quite a bit. And then secondly, something amazing happened in this period. Um, because we're not able to go to church with the kids, I was forced to do like um, Good Friday, the seven sayings with the kids. And then on, on, the, on Resurrection Sunday, actually, uh, spending the time with the kids and going through that, and 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 a penny drop for me on that on on those two occasions where I actually realized how much I assumed that my children had perfect information about basic things, and basically I realized that they had gaps. You know, um, 
there were simple gaps that I could have filled. And also in, in relation to that, I, I actually realized that most probably in our day-to-day -day work and in what we do, we outsource so much of our own kids' um, value system for someone else to teach them. Um, and this gave me a perfect opportunity now to actually close that gap and actually be saying to my kids, I actually, you're gonna learn my value system and, and actually close these gaps that they have. I mean, just to give you a sense, from a religious perspective, my, my daughter actually has a Jewish friend and she, she asked me a question, but mama, you know, this was on Good Friday and she said, mama, but why does my friend pray with us if they don't believe in Jesus? And yeah, I had to actually explain, no, they do believe in the Messiah, but they don't believe the Messiah has come. So just even simple things like that, where you assume that your kids know and your family knows, they actually don't know. And we started having a lot more deeper conversations around, around different things, right? And that for me has been a, almost this time has been now a time of learning. And also we sort of discovering myself. I mean, I, last week, uh, Friday, I actually spent time with my mentorship group and, um, and we're sharing stories about how has, has COVID-19 impacted us. And one of the things that I actually concluded by saying is that, you know, the one thing that COVID is going to actually help us do is to learn how to, what to value and how to value things. And I mean, in this period, if someone asks me, what have you learned? I've learned empathy. I've learned that people deal with things differently. And even though I'm an alpha type personality, if someone else actually chooses to sleep because they don't know how, to, how else to react, except that way, that's how they process a difficult time, then I have to accept it. Then I've learned to, to do that. I've learned that other people rearrange furniture when they are in, in a state of anxiety, you know? I don't do any of those kind of stuff, but it doesn't make my way of dealing with it more, more appropriate than theirs. So a lot of empathy, a lot of understanding that it has come. And, and also, I mean, one of the things uh, that we most probably don't think about a lot is that we've actually learned a lot of resilience. About two, three months ago, if I told you that the entire world will be in some form of lockdown of some shape or form, and just if someone told, came to me and told me that, like, Yolanda, you're going to stay in the house and you're not going to lose your mind and you're still going to function well and you're going to do everything, da, 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 da. I would have said, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Never. You know? And, and uh, how adaptable we are as a human race and how resilient we are has come to me as a complete most probably surprise at this stage. But I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've learned, we've lived for so many years as a human race, right? So I shouldn't be surprised. But... These are the things that for me, there's a lot of emotional issues around value system and appreciating what kind of people we need to be in order to survive and, 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 and sort of how people are, uh, are, are there for other people, how they care, how they're actually expressing that they care, which was something that was also a little bit lost in the, in the last sort of, uh, in the last while. So yeah, so for me, it's been more about that. So it's actually impacted me quite positively and definitely for my family, it's been, it's been a fabulous time in, 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 a, in a strange or weird kind of way. I am, I'm enjoying it. Right, so Shirley, you, you know, everyone seems to be um, finding the silver lining in all this madness. Um, I, I want you to level with me. 
do you also find it, you know, rewarding in one sense or maybe a certain positive uh, discovery during lockdown? I think um, I, I, I have gotten to appreciate my time with my family. I have not been at home for this long because I was, I was also working uh, cross-border for, for about what, five and a half years. So this is this is actually the longest stretch that I've been with family. So I I really have have gotten to appreciate that you know just spending time with your loved ones in this manner. We just that for me is the silver lining. Mm. Um, and I think I just work longer hours. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but because you don't have anything else to do, you know, you just reach your targets that much more faster and and clients are just piling in work because we seriously have not slowed down so i'm in the mining industry and um you know after after we issued some force majeure letters we thought we're just going to slow down no we are getting work well ahead of time um and I think we're just mapping out work so that we don't lose people and we don't have people sitting without jobs, like we're actively working towards that. And I think that that has been just the, the, the human spirit that has come across from corporate, which I have never seen before. People are working around the clock to make sure that there is money in the coffers so that people do not take pay cuts and, and, and things like that because those were those were talks that we were having before going into lockdown. So I think I've just seen the compassion actively um, and being part of that as well. It's, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think people are going back to, to being human and to just... Yeah. Um, having that compassion for the next person actively, not just saying it, doing it. Mm. Uh, so for me, I think that has been the uh, the silver the silver lining. Very very honestly, um, yes. So it's not all bad. I think yes, we're forced into you know the four walls of of, of our houses and whatnot. But I think it's almost like it's a it's a universal cleanse of some sort in a very weird way. Um, I think we're just being taught to, to remember who we are. I think we have lost a lot of values. We have almost sold our souls for forgetting the paper. So we've just slowed down and remembered, you know, we are human. Robert, let's, let's move away from all the other stuff you do and focus a bit more on Airbnb. You have people who depend on that enterprise of yours to make a living. How are you showing compassion as Shelly uh, mentioned that their business is beginning to show that in a way that she's never uh, experienced? Yeah, I mean, I mean my, my business has got 15 people at the moment. Um, three of those people are, are managers. Um, and the rest, 12 people are cleaning staff. Um, I mean, this this period for me has sort of been a reset. Um, I mean, spending a month at home without going anywhere uh, has actually made me realize that I need actually very little in life to survive. And 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 that um, the, the 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 impact of that in how I'm overcoming or I'm handling the situation is what's important for me is to make sure that all my staff members get paid their full salaries for as long as this lockdown is there. Mm. Um, and 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 I programmed my mind that these people depend on me. 
if they don't get a salary from my business, their families are going to be hungry. I am not going to let that happen. Even if I don't have a single guest that's going to stay at my apartment for the whole month, I must make sure that these people are at home. I must make sure they are safe. I must make sure that at the end of the month, they get paid their salaries. But I can tell you now, even though they've not told me when they saw SMSs coming on their phones yesterday, um, for me, I know that they are grateful. Um, and, and I think this period really made me realize that we actually don't need, especially people like myself or all of us sitting here on this call, we don't need more of the stuff we thought we needed before this lockdown to survive and actually to care about other people. I think you take the whole concept of compassion to a whole new level. Um, because in, in, in Connie's uh, experience and, and the work she does, um, it's easy to take for granted that we're all doing white and blue collar work. But do you have a lot of people who actually keep the economies of the world going, who don't sit within the white or blue collar space? Um, and and I don't know whether whether this uh, strikes a chord with any of you, but generally um, the world seems to have a bit of distrust for governments. Connie, you're working directly in the throes of this pandemic and the support that government is providing, especially in the case of uh, South Africa. How do you find the point of convergence of the the cynicism that people would have of government and the compassion and responsibility that government has for its people uh, in the announcement of a number of the uh, policies to uh, ameliorate the pressures that would be on people who are not just on the upper side of the uh, pyramid, but also those who actually make the economy go around, but oftentimes are unsung. um, Look, I'll be... I'll be the first one here on this call to probably say um, our government has done probably better than what the general public has been expecting the government to do. And uh, yes, you are spot on. Uh, We are always um, uh, judgmental of our governments. And yes, many a time they have lacked in uh, certain things that we would have expected our governments to do. But in this time, I believe uh, us as South Africa um, um, and the government has responded very well. Do you think remote work would be the way forward going past COVID? I think think it's going to be a significant part of our lives um, where people are now going to consider whether one should actually go to work or one should do some work at home mm. or a combination of both things. It is going to be a combination of. And uh, I'm talking from, from my area. Uh, already we can see it. We can see that we probably don't need to be operating in the office with 100% uh, staff. You know, we can have some people working from home, we can have some people working in the office, come to the office when there's a specific thing that you need to do. It's definitely going to be our new way of thinking and our new way of doing things. Definitely. Mm. Most definitely. Okay. And okay. we're going to be using technology much more. We really are going to be using technology much more. Um, we There's a lot that we have been learning um, and people don't want to have that just fall by the wayside after this. I think it's going to be explored and used even more. 
No, I think for me, I've always had an, a, a mentality that your work is what you do. It's not where you go to, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, as professionals, you know, you work even when you're sleeping because it's about what you think about work um, more than sitting in your office and punching stuff on the computer. Um, yeah. But the COVID has definitely reset the way of living for everybody. Um, I certainly will not be the same person. Um, the way I spend my money, the way I, I, I look at people, the way I interact with people will never be the same after this pandemic. While this COVID, we're talking and we're communicating on digital platforms, right? there's two-thirds of people that actually still have a feature phone. They don't get to see the kind of news you see. They don't get to see the kind of stuff you see. They rely on TV and radio and other mediums to get information. So, so for me, it's made me start thinking really deeply about how do we make sure we accelerate the integration of everybody in this new society that actually has connectivity as, as the core of what we do. Well, I'd like to say a big thank you to all of you. You've shown the heart of leadership in these uh, very unpredictable times. Uh, and uh, Nkosi. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, you all very night. much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for organizing. You've been listening to Simple Conversations with me and Shira Addo, and I hope our conversation helps you live a fuller life. Do join us again for the next episode.